This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. You know, when I decided to meditate on what to talk about when it comes to rejection, a story and a true life story came to mind. A few years ago, when I say a few years ago, maybe about 32 years ago, I was at a friend's house. And I wasn't a guest in that house. I'd been going to that house many times. And when I was in that house, I saw a young boy, 10, 11 years old. He was a new person in that environment. But you could see that in that house, he wasn't as cheerful as the other children. He would just walk into the living room, go upstairs, and come back if you call him to ask him a question. I got curious, and I asked, who is this young boy? He's new in this place. And I was told that my friend's mom just brought that young man to come and stay with them. Growing up, I grew up in a place where it's almost a taboo to ask questions. Unfortunately, I was also raised by a father who thinks that when you ask questions, you have been intelligent. So I asked again that, why is this boy coming to stay with you why was it with his grandfather? I was told that this boy's aunt felt that it was unfair for this boy to live with the grandfather, so she brought in a nephew. Again, it didn't add up to me. So where is his mother? She didn't want him. And his stepmom didn't want him in the house too. And I'm telling you a true life story. So that's why he had to go and live with his aunt. Talking about rejection. 10, 11-year-old boy. That was what he just moved into with his father. The young man, I'm sure, wasn't very happy. Like I said, he was thinking around. The another story I remembered is of a man. And these are true life stories. Nine years into his marriage, he got home one day. And his wife said, I don't love you any longer. And he thought he was just, she was just joking. And she asked the man to pack and to leave. And that was the end of that marriage. I don't know how we explain that. And for some of us, we've applied to schools. And when the letter came back, you got a rejection letter. I also remember my daughter, when she was applying for a postgraduate program, she had to send up many applications. But she wasn't home, and I hope she's not listening. When the first two letters came, and they were actually written rejection letters, I took them, and I hid them. Because I knew that that was going to discourage her, and I didn't want that to happen to her. And for some of us too, you apply for jobs. You did very well. Unfortunately, what you got was rejection letters as we continue our series on issues of the heart, I also feel that one of the most disturbing topics or areas is this area of rejection, which Pastor Wale called Rejection 101. That's what I think, too, that it is Rejection 101. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16. When the Kimbalists mentioned that scripture, I looked at my husband, like, what's happening here? He's like, what do you mean by that? So I told him, so I showed him my note that that's interesting because I picked a few of my scriptures from that too. And um, just like he did, 
I will also start with verse 1. And verse 1 says, and I've not spoken to Bade since last week, Sunday or so, so just the Spirit of God. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I rejected him? How long will I mourn? How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I rejected him? That's not my message this morning. Wonder for one second, ask the Holy Spirit that Father, please do not reject me. That itself is a sermon. How can God reject somebody? You are, that is dangerous. So just for a minute, or for even a second, just you say, pray a prayer that, Father, please don't reject me. Don't let me do anything that will make you reject me. That's not my sermon. But that itself, it's a word for somebody. I don't know what you're doing. And God is warning you. But I pray you will never reject us in Jesus' name. Amen. Then verse 5. Let's continue as, I mean, the reading. And he said, Peaceably I have come to you to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesus called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then, let me go to verse 10. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and they are escaping the ship. Let's be seated. This was a man who was asked to bring all his sons. And he took the man of God to say, are these all your sons? Does that mean that David was meant to be keeping ship? Does that mean that David did not look like someone who was meant for greatness. Does that mean that David did not qualify for that job? That's step one of Rejection 101. When even his own father didn't say anything good in that young man. Psalm verse 10 says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will care for me then the Lord will pick me up. And I asked myself, and I'll call that young man, Joseph. That's the one I'm talking about, his story. But his name is not Joseph. Uh, that, that young man, and I can still see him now, very slim. I don't think that scripture could have made any sense to him on that, I mean, that period. Because that guy actually grew up in his auntie's house until he got married. And his father was very much around. His mother was very much around. So I'm not, I don't think that, that particular verse made sense to him. Or the man who thought that he was taking good care of his wife. And she woke up one day and said, I've had enough. Or you have brought your application. People have joined hands with you. You come on Tuesdays. Come on Fridays. You went for that interview with confidence. And all that you got back was that rejection letter. How many people... 
It's a big scar. The broken heart. The hurts that we all feel. And again, that is the reality of those who are going through that situation. Nobody can tell you that you're just imagining it. It is just the reality of where you are. And it's very, very painful, I believe. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 in verse 28. Again, rejection. This was from the father. 1728. 1 Samuel 1728. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and against and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? In the first instance, it was going to do them a favor. But again, they are saying, you don't belong to this environment from his brothers again. Let's look at Genesis 37. Genesis 37. Genesis 37 verse 18. Second, please help me. Genesis 37 verse 18. This is another boy, another young man, whom I call Joe. In verse 18. Now, when they saw him from afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Brothers, siblings, rejecting their own blood. Some of us can even relate to this story. It could be your sister. It could be your brother who is rejecting you. It really hurts. Again, a story that happened a few years ago. We're still in the city, Jesus of Chicago. When an older sister kicked our younger sister out of the apartment and said, I can't have her stay with me again. She's always locking herself up in the room. She doesn't help me. I thought it was unusual. That was rejection. So it happens. It may sound strange. Maybe you've not experienced it, but it happens. But for those of us who are going through it, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says that all things happened in the past in the Bible so we can learn from it and we can know that we are not alone by ourselves. Rejection later. What even happens? Now you're working. You have the job, you're working. Then things change again. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 18. So everything that we are going through happens in the Bible. Take a help me, please. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 10. This again is David. His father didn't want him. His brothers didn't want him around them. David got a job with Saul. And he was doing well. He was his minister. It was his personal prayer, or even his PA, that would minister unto Saul. Then one day again, and it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as the other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. You've been walking too. All of a sudden, it's time for them to start sending people away and they call upon you. Maybe it's the gift in you. Maybe your boss is threatened like David's boss. Like his boss, it was threatened and there was rejection. What is rejection? It is real. It happens in church. 
Paul says, Demas has forsaken me. It happens in church. It happens everywhere. And it gets so bad that we lose our confidence. We lose our peace. We're crushed. Because where you, are, where you came from, you were not expecting it. Issues of the heart. How do I guard my heart? My, how do I guard my heart from the hurt? How do I deal with the rejection? What we've gone through, the seed that's been sown in us, is very painful and just difficult for us to handle. And that was why I said this morning, what I want to say about rejection is, can you actually brush it off? Can you shake it off? Or can I say, please, let it go. Please let it go and shake it off. And one or two people are looking at me and saying, PFA, you don't get it. It really, really hurts. And I want to say that I get it. I get it. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verse 5. Luke chapter 9, verse 5. This happened when Jesus, after he had spent time with his disciples, he was about to send them out to go and start winning souls, to go and start preaching. Jesus himself had been rejected by even those who knew him. And he realized that his disciples, like you and I, are going to face rejection. So he had to prepare his disciples for that. And he said to them, and whoever will not receive you, those who are rejecting you, they are the ones who will not receive you. Those who are rejecting you are the ones who cannot handle what God has put in you. Those who are rejecting you are those who have seen that there's something in this child that I cannot understand. That's why they are rejecting you. Can I have my scripture back, please? The one like the last one. Luke 9, please. So he said, and whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake it off. So that's what I'm saying. Rejection, shake it off. Shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony. So rejection, it happened. But he told his disciples that when you go there, they will not receive you. They will not listen to you. They won't appreciate the gift of God in you. They won't see the talents that God has given to you. That it's enough of trying to convince them of who you are. That shake it off. And when I say shake it off, I'm not saying that you should be in denial of what is happening. When I say shake it off, for you to shake it off, you must have been able to deal with it. Yes, it has happened to you. Yes, you've been rejected. Yes, they don't appreciate you. But when you shake it off, that scripture is off again. Let me go back to my audio. It says, shake it, the very dust from your feet, as a testimony against them. For you to give a testimony means that you have gone over it, means that God's glory is shining around you, that they can see what God has done. But for as long as you remain there, trying to convince them to see what, who you are or what you want to be, 
then that testimony cannot come through. This young man I'm talking about, actually, let me come it out and say it. He happened to be my husband's cousin. So it's a real life story. This young man today is doing so well that even his own parents who didn't want him around are coming to him to ask for things now. They're coming to ask for things now. But if you remain there and you don't shake it off and walk away and do something else, then you will not get it right. When I say shake it off, what do I mean by that? Or let me take it back. Shake it off. You tell me it's difficult. The bitterness, the anger is there. Are you saying I should just ignore that? Matthew 9, 6. That same scripture, but from a different um, perspective. perspective. It says that not only did they dust it off their feet, they started walking away from that situation. So when you shake it off and you walk away from that situation, you are walking away from some things that you shouldn't even belong to. If you don't shake it off, if you don't walk away, you won't get over the situation. Because they're going to remain in that place. And yes, that job does not want you. They've asked you to go. For how long will you stay thinking about that job? When you should walk away to somebody else who needs those skills that you have. To somebody else who you will not have to beg, but rather they want to talk to you and negotiate with you. The siblings who will not talk to you, who chose to block your phone or block your line so you cannot reach them. If Joseph did not go away, I even wonder how he felt when they were discussing him, how they were selling him to slavery. I wonder how Joseph felt that day. Your siblings have not tried to kill you. And if they have even tried, you are still alive. But Joseph was forced to go away. When they heard from him the next time, they were bowing to him. So even if your siblings have been hostile, they won't talk to you. Leave them for a while. There's a process. There's a thing that God is working through for you. If you do not shake it away and walk away, you will not walk into your progress. It looks impossible as if, why am I going through this? No more pity party. No more crying. It's time for you and I to get up. And when you are walking away, it's also time for a self-assessment. I'm, I'm more than this. I'm better than this. It's time to prove them wrong. It is time to be more aware of who you are and what God has placed in you. That is why when you walk away, that's what it does to you. Jesus Christ himself was despised. He was rejected. But what happened to him? And many times when we walk away, we are still wondering, why did this happen to me? Why do I have to go through this? But I don't want us to ask that why did I have to go through this? Why did this happen to me? Some things happen. It's very painful, but you can't explain why. You don't understand it. 
But this morning or this afternoon, the question I would like you to ask as you walk away is what next? Is what next? Now you have walked away. Walked away to what? Greater opportunities. Walked away into greatness. Walked away into dominion. If David did not go away a bit, he would not have discovered his talents. If you don't walk away from where you don't appreciate you, where they can't handle your capacity, you can't do anything. So what next should be your question? What exactly is out there for me? What next? What's the opposite of rejection? Is acceptance. So who will accept me? Let me first of all accept myself. Let me accept myself for who I am. I'm not going to change myself because of you. Do you and I do me. Uh, it's not being selfish. It's not being arrogant. There's only one unique you. And if they cannot accept you, you better accept yourself. Accept yourself. Psalm 118 verse 22 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. When you accept yourself, when you know who you are, like Sinaj says, they'll come back to you. The haters will come back and celebrate you. Like all of us claim to be Africans because of Barack Obama. When he came out in 04, I felt he was a joker. And I'm sure there are many like us, like me, who felt like that. But nobody would deny success. Everybody wants to associate with success. That rejection came into you because you have to go back and discover who you are and know what you are made of. Not only will you say that, yes, I want to accept who I am, there's one person who made you, who knows you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his own image. And in that rejection that you went through, there's a message that God is giving to you and I. But because our heads are bowed down, we cannot see. We're too discouraged. And it's, it's allowed. We're too discouraged. We're frustrated. But for goodness sake, your mother may forsake you. Your father may forsake you. Your siblings may forsake you. But he says that, I will carry you. Why aren't you allowing God to do the work that he wants to do in you and I? Why are you waiting on man to affirm you when God himself has affirmed you? It's not necessary. There's a place of blessing, a place of usefulness that God has prepared for you and I. But for as long as we remain in that place of rejection, we will not discover that. But today, because we are here, Whatever it is that you've gone through, shake it off. Shake it off. Because God has a plan and he's turning things around for you and I in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we rise on our feet? For some of us, it sounds very, very brief. That what does she mean? The psalmist in Psalm 54 verse 1 says, Save me, O God, by your name. 
and vindicate me by your strength. What some of us need this morning is to ask God to vindicate you and I by the strength that he has given to us. He has given us the strength to overcome the rejection, to shake it off and walk away from it. As I speak this morning too, you are here, you are hurting so bad. Yes, you feel I don't understand. You are crying inside. Even your mother will not talk to you. If you are here, just let's come. Let's, let me just give you a hug. You are going through so much rejection from your family. From the place of work. I know it's hard. Very lonely, very painful. But this is your defining moment to make up your mind. That I will not live here the same way I came. I want to shake it off and let it go. I want to dust it off my feet and walk away and walk into my greatness. And walk into my freedom as God himself has released you from the pain. I want to walk into my breakthrough. Because God has ordained your healing if you will accept it. God himself has ordained your healing if you will take it. And I say that you will walk out of here stronger in Jesus' name. You walk out of here wiser in Jesus' name. You walk out of here empowered in the name of Jesus. Whatever the hurts, whatever has happened to you, the almighty God who is in control will take absolute control for you in Jesus' name. And I want to say that I release the anointing of Jabesh upon every one of us. His mother called him sorrow. His mother saw nothing good in him. But what happened to, J to Jabesh? The almighty God himself picked him up and turned his story around. And that same anointing arose upon every one of us today in Jesus' name. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. And perhaps you are here talking about rejection. The only surety you have is my father. My father. The one I'm proud to call my father. The one who sorts me out. The one who is the source of my joy. The one who encourages me to keep going, to keep going. If you don't know my father, you will struggle. I can't speak it like Gosas they speak it. But you will struggle because his love never fails. His love never fails. If you don't know my dad this morning, please wave your hands to me so I can tell you more about my father. The one I love so much. The one who picked me up from the Marike and turned my story around. If you know him, please, or you want to know him rather, wave to me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless you. God, it's a new season for all of us in this place. We lift our heads up. We say we are more aware of your love for us. That we let go of the past. Like you told your disciples to shake it off and walk away. That this morning as we walk out, we walk out in your power. We walk out in your glory. Because we know you are there with us. And anyone here who has gone through rejection in the past, it's not behind them. We ask, oh God. That your love be upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That fresh breath of life 
you give unto them like never before. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to show we hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamber Community Church, 927 N Plum Group Road, Shamber, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamberg.org. Jesus is Lord.